are you Ananias and Sapphira? To begin with, a very genuine and heartfelt thank you to each and every one of you for whom what I'm about to write is not relevant. Thank you for your contact, your love and your support. If we are arrested, we'll let you know. I have a very simple thought for you this morning and I hope that you will receive it, reflect on it in humility and prayer and if needs be, in repentance. When was the last time you were genuinely concerned that you might be visited by the police as a consequence of your responsibility as a witness of Jesus Christ? When was the last time you had felt the need to rehearse what it is that you would say to police officers were they to knock on your front door and ask to come in? When was the last time you felt the need for a brother and sister in Christ to get off their bottom and truly engage with you? In recent months, the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives has resulted in our own repentance and coming out of hiding. He has led us from the closeted concealment run-of-the-mill in which we rarely shared our faith to local notoriety fanned into flame by the Antichrist. Following the publication of our gospel booklets earlier this year, inspired by the prolific gospel witness of J.C. Ryle, it has been for us like finding and following a scarlet thread buried by centuries of church apathy and disuse. One step has led to another, and now we are taking a seven-foot cross out not only into Edinburgh's streets in a generic way, but much more specifically to target false churches, wicked mosques, that falsely claim love for Jesus, and the creme de la creme of fake Christians and fake Christian leaders who do exactly the same. Target with what? The witness of Jesus, the only way of salvation. See Acts 4 verse 12. To think that there wouldn't be a lashback to this kind of reviving, awakening gospel activity one that is cloaked in the pride of man but inspired by the rage of Satan, is utterly short-sighted and ridiculous. Which leads me very briefly to the first five chapters of the book of Acts, the newborn church, the ecclesia, and the terrorising fear of the Lord himself. In my experience as a Christian leader, biblical study and teaching is often dishonoured by the masses of Christians who listen. For example, we recently finished a 20-month teaching series through 1 Corinthians and heard back from virtually no one, i.e. virtually no one from tens of thousands of people who listened. What's more, Christian digital content generally, blogs like this, videos, publications, etc., and even specific calls to action and spiritual or financial support are often met with willfully deaf ears. Stuffy ears pervert the kingdom cause. Don't get me wrong, some of us don't respond or engage because we're not sure how to, in technological terms. And in that sense, it very much is the thought and prayer that counts. But I would chance my arm in banking on the fact that the great majority don't engage, nor break their own cover, because we simply don't want to. Our personal preference is simply that we would prefer not to. We prefer 
the absence of fear and trembling over the presence of his power. We are governed more by the commonly accepted selfishness of our own lives than we are motivated by the expansive, expanding and forcefully advancing kingdom of God. We want the messianic rest of Matthew 11, but not the spiritual violence that the Messiah commends. Ananias and Sapphira were killed by the angel of the Lord for harbouring this kind of selfish attitude that attempted to deceive the precious Holy Spirit. This very same otherworldly fear or strange terror of the Lord Jesus is very sorely missing from our personal and collective minds today. I will anonymously share that just this week I was witness to one of the most shocking and disturbing displays of intensely conditioned selfishness from a mature, seasoned Christian that I've ever seen in my life. Personal convenience and agenda, including outright refusal to miss a game of tennis on the TV or a lukewarm meeting at a church, was more important to this person than an opportunity to meet up with dear people in person who they say they love and value and who they haven't seen in many years. In a similar way that Ananias and Sapphira and perhaps the wider church community were tempted to think that the selling of a property and the withholding of monies for the apostolic mission wasn't that big a deal. Today, we very commonly think that our lack of generosity, kindness and basic effort with one another doesn't seriously grieve the heart of God. It does. In the book of Acts, the Lord actually killed disciples for selfishness and lies. Today, Wimbledon is more important to us than the kingdom of God, and we talk jovially of meeting up next decade instead. It's disgusting, and it is very sick. My point is this. Whether you are a weekly imbiber of costly, quality Christian teaching, online or in person, and never so much as reach out to make contact with the teacher, whether you are an insatiable YouTube viewer but never bother so much as to like a video, comment or share it, and hence monopolise YouTube's algorithm, whether you are a disciple who is more bothered about your own larder and shire and peace and quiet then you are the literal destiny of Middle-earth and each and every one of its citizens. We are grieving the Lord and inhibiting the Holy Spirit's work in his body. In Acts 5 and other chapters of the same book, we see a rapidly intensifying spiritual culture in which sharing the news of the resurrection of Jesus resulted routinely in imprisonment, alienation, torture and death. The church prayed as a church should, and their prayers were answered. Read Acts 12. Today in the Western Church, we cannot even be asked to turn off the TV. Keith Green was right. Jesus rose from the grave, and you can't even get out of bed. Please prayerfully reflect on how it is that you are personally engaging with the work of the Lord Jesus, the cause of his name, in your immediate and wider locality, and the reality of the coming of a king from a very different kingdom? How is the Lord expecting you to behave and conduct your affairs in a way that you would simply rather not? 
How is it that you are obstructing the ministry of the Holy Spirit? Personally speaking, when I don't have any confidence in a YouTube being supported, a teaching series honoured or a MailChimp being courteously respected, what hope is there of support when the police come knocking? The church need a proverbial rocket up their proverbial derriere that they generally cannot be asked getting up from. Therefore, produce fruit worthy of repentance. Jesus Christ.